Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Book More Show. It's Stuart Bell here and today talking with Betsy Vaughan. Great episode. We're going to dive into back cover copy and call to actions. So we've spoken about this in the past, but it ties in nicely with the conversation over the last couple of weeks, looking at tables of contents and with Dean last week about the email follow-up. The back cover copy that you write is very specific in the context of how you're using your book as a tool in as part of a bigger campaign. So two great examples that we do a deep dive on here. If you've ever thought about what, uh, what the best next steps are, how to guide and orchestrate people's thinking into an action rather than just reading for the sake of reading, then this is going to be a great show. So let's dive in. Betsy Vaughan. How's it going? Very good, thank you. Although today has been a bit of a day full of calls, so I think I'm a little bit uh, hoarse before we start. Are you, are and you I was just, uh, Do you know what? I think so a little bit, and I'm on a different, slightly different microphone today, so if I sound different, it's one of those two things, or a combination of both of them. And the fact that on my last call, as I was talking to Dave, I don't know if a tiny little fly was flying around the office and I swallowed it, but out of nowhere, I started choking in the middle of it. <laughs> so oh, no. Slightly embarrassing, and I was running around to find some water. So hopefully that won't happen again. <laughs> well, I hope not. What's in the show is in the show, as they say. So right. stay oh, tuned boy. to see what happens. That's <laughs> <laughs> funny. Well, okay. We had, uh, so what are we going to talk about today? Well... We had a good call with Dean last week where we were talking about kind of what to do next once the book is complete, thinking mm-hmm. about the email follow-ups and the engaging people and flagship broadcasts. So today I wanted to take a step back from that and think about the last thing that happens before they get on the flagship broadcast sequence, and that is that they read the back of your book and the call to action. So mm-hmm. I think... We've talked about it before, but um, not for a while. So I think let's dive into kind of back cover copy and call to actions and what you can do to orchestrate those next steps, that kind of minimum viable commitment that I talk about a lot of the small next step that makes it easy for people to travel down the path that we want them to travel down. You know, we we have spoken about this and we talk about this a lot internally off the show. Um, Seems like right now quite a bit because people really struggle with the back cover. Um, right. We we hear this almost every single day. There's a, we, we get our content team get that, oh my gosh, I don't know what I, what I want to put there. I don't, I don't know what that next step is. And I know that you said it at least 10 times um, over the course <laughs> of the year. Like you, like you should know that before you start, you know, before we start the book, like that should be the, the ultimate, like, what are we going to do with this? Like, how are people going to reach out to us? And um, and that's what I say to people, like, well, you need to have have that answer. Like, that call to action is so important that they have to be able to raise their hand somewhere, you know? If it's just a back of the book with your picture on it, though, that's great and wonderful, but... Um, it doesn't really do anything. No, it doesn't. Like, you want to know without, you know, if they're going to take an assessment or if you want them to call you or email you or go to my website or whatever. I mean, it's so simple, but yet there seems to be such a struggle with, you know, with And that. I think in so. part it's because of this idea that we talk about in lots of different contexts is because a book as a book, when you say the word book, people have a certain thing in mind, which is 
traditionally published books on the shelves mm-hmm. of Barnes and Noble. And the job of work of the back cover of the book in that context is to sell the book. It's it's under the impression that people are kind of browsing through shelves and picking something up and looking at the back and they need something that either convinces or compels them to take that book to the checkout. In the way that we're talking about it, it's it's not that at all. We've said repeatedly that the book's not the product. In the mm-hmm. examples that they um the funnel that you use in your book, they have the book already. It's not like they'll see the back of a copy before they receive it. So the job of work of the back changes to this um, this funnel-based concept. This is one step in a broader process. So using that same space for, as you said, do you want them to call you or come into the office or take an assessment? The back of a copy being the thing that people read um, read the second most to the front cover is using that space as the the place that you can instruct people to take that next step so the space isn't to promote or sell the book it's to give them instructions as to as to what to do next mm-hmm. so i think that's one problem people kind of don't necessarily think about that space in the context that, that we're talking about they kind of default right. into traditional book and then i think the next challenge is that it's easy to get overwhelmed with what that next could be next step could be let alone what it should be yeah it's um whereas it doesn't necessarily need to be that there's a couple of frameworks that we've got that make it more straightforward um but the reality is as well is that it's easy to change just like the whole 90 minute book process this isn't writing something that has to be set in stone and can never be changed because we've switched the printing presses off and that's it this is something that can be tweaked on and improved later as you get feedback from the real world so i think those are the two challenges that um that cause people to kind of falter a little bit i do think it is that that traditional read book because what i hear when when we're having a conversation a lot is like oh i just thought i would put my my bio on the back of the book which was kind of like I don't even think, I mean, I just pulled a few books off my personal bookshelf just to look, um, which that's really not even a thing, you know, um, on four books that I picked up, there, there's little bios, like five sentences, four sentences, that's it, you know, um, that whole bigger picture, here I am, this is where I went to college, this is what I've done, like that, but people, that's one of the first things that people say to me, oh, well, I have a bio, it's on my website, you can just use that. <laughs> Okay, well, that's great. So they know that you went to the University of Michigan and you have three kids and two dogs. I mean, like, you know, and you love your wife. So it, it is kind of a funny, you know, it's kind of funny. But yeah, looking at these books, I actually expected when I picked these books up to, and these are, these are for some reason, three self-help books, which may say, say a lot about me. But um, I haven't. It's been a tough year. <laughs> Um, but you know, even like I'm looking at You Are a Badass, which is a pretty popular book, um, by Jen Sincero. Um, and it's, she even has without like that, here, go to my website. It's sort of, here's what the book is. This is what it's going to do for you. And she kind of lists without saying step one, step two, step three, like you're going to identify and, and change the self-sabotaging beliefs and you're going to create a life that you totally love. And, you know, you're going to make some, some damn, some more damn money is what she said. Um, so there's <laughs> even there's even on these books, you know, sort of a 
a call to action without, the, you know, being salesy, if you will. Right. And we it, talk about that too. That, uh, yeah, definitely. Let's cycle, circle back to that before the end. Um, even those types of books, that that genre, the personality-driven genre, you'd think that that was the perfect space for a bio. So the fact that mm-hmm. people automatically default to thinking that, but actually it's very rarely done, is another mm-hmm. interesting um, another interesting insight into where people are thinking about things. So if um so we're saying to people that it's uh, a bio is not the right thing to put back there although i mean occasionally i guess if you've got so much space to or you've only got so much space to work with so if you get across the main part of the message and then you have a little space left towards the bottom then including a few words about the author there might be space for it it's just that's not the first thing to think about and it's not the only thing to think about um Let's think then about what the better steps are. Mm-hmm. So your book is part of a funnel. It's the perfect early stage uh, early stage asset to get invisible prospects to raise their hand. So people who may or may not know you already, you may or may not have a relationship with them, but you don't necessarily know that they're interested in this subject. A book is very non um low commitment way it's a it's not non-threatening way of having people raise their hand so that you know that they're interested so the next steps are what you would want them to do having read the book now the reality is like the last time you and i spoke a couple of weeks ago we were talking about the table of contents and the reality is that read rates on books are very very low in fact i think we all said the same thing last week when i was talking to dean so read rates are actually low but we know that people want the answer that's being suggested by the title. So they're looking for a solution and they're just then looking for enough supporting evidence and a clear next step to guide them towards the the outcome. The outcome is not going to come from the book itself. The, the book isn't going to give them the, the whole solution. Hopefully it gives them enough to kind of make steps in that direction. So knowing that the read rate's low, knowing that they have selected something that they're interested in because of the title, knowing that the table of contents is going to reassure them that they're generally in the right place, then the back cover wants to ideally be those minimum viable commitment next steps that gives people at varying degrees of of readiness, gives people a easy next step so that they can continue the journey. Like you said, with the conversations that you have with people who are very unclear on what the back cover copy should be, even at the point that they're really raring to get going on the book and saying that you really need to know where you're going, that's that kind of um, destination map type analogy of if you just started driving and uh, without a destination in mind, then you're just going to go around in circles for a while until you hopefully end up somewhere knowing the destination knowing what's on the back cover knowing what you're thinking like that chess master knowing what the next five six seven moves are going to be with this person you can structure those back cover steps to kind of meet that criteria so there's a couple of different ways of of Mm -hmm. thinking about it and a couple of different contexts and it's not always easy to make sure that you cover all of them so understanding how you're going to use the book allows you to kind of pick the best of the uh, the best of the available options. So I think we can dive into those a little bit more. I think so. I think um, when we talked about the low read rates um, and 
sometimes, yeah, I was thinking, we were thinking, I was thinking about somebody's cover recently and I'm trying to see if I can find it. Um, so like, I remember I didn't read all of Anthony Prinshon's book, but the title of his book is The Woman's Trouble Trouble Spot Solution, Your Guide to Toning and Tightening Your Problem Areas Once and For All. And so that stuff tells you exactly what it is, you know, exactly what, what you're doing. So if I never open up the inside of this book, when I flip over the book, like he's got a nice blurb there about like, you know, how busy women are and how we tend to, you know, take care of ourselves first and, and as far as health and fitness and, you know, we know we should be better at it and make better choices. But again, it's our priorities tend to be somebody else. And hey, I've helped, you know, hundreds of busy people like you. So go to my website. Here, let's have a call. Here, email me here. You know, like, it's all right there. I never, ever have to open up this book, you know, right. if that's something I'm really interested in. You know, like, yeah. oh, wow, this is speaking to me. And, I mean, yes, I probably would if I was really interested. I would obviously read the book. But ultimately, his, he doesn't necessarily care if you read the book. He wants you to call him and work with him, you know. Um, yeah. And, so and that, the that's outcome. A good example. Exactly. And the outcome that you're going to get as someone who's interested in the subject because it's resonated, you've requested a copy of it, you want the outcome. If the outcome is is a different um, a different physical outcome, then really, you know what the answer is. The answer is yeah. something to do with eating and something to do with exercise. And mm -hmm. in all honesty, you're not going to get that solution from reading the words because you know what the words are already. You're going to get the solution by either a tailored program or specific coaching or being in the gym and getting specific routines. So you know that the next step is to take the next action and that action is on the back cover. It's not hidden in the pages in between. It, no. It's on that, that next, uh, it's the next easy step to get started. It's, um, it's again, going back to that point of a book has a special place in society it's got it's a magical and um, a thing that has a reverence around it it's it carries the the message of the of the next step and for us the next step is not in the content it's in it's in that that um that call to action and and what to do next so um, let's dive into a couple of the examples then the first one which um and I think so. There's no right. I always caveat everything, I guess, with uh, with it. It depends, but um, I guess the two ways of thinking about this is if you're expecting the majority of people reading to know, like, and trust you already, have some kind of relationship. This book is potentially at the profit activator number three level, the educating and motivating people to take the next step. It's not so much at just getting people that you don't have a relationship with absolutely invisible prospects to raise their hand. Then if you've got a relationship with them already, then and there's some familiarity and awareness with what you're talking about, then the next steps can provide details about a program and then have a single next step towards joining the program here and, and a place for people to go. So it could be one of the formats that we have that says 
restate the problem. Most people think it takes, um, like we've got in the 90-minute book, most people think thinks it takes hours in isolation or days in isolation to to write, and it's a arduous process. Actually, the process can be quite easy. So step one, we outline for 30 minutes. Step two, we record an interview to get your best thinking out on the subject. And step three, we take it from there and and complete all the rest of the program for you. That expectation that people have an understanding, there's a little bit of a warmer relationship. The majority of people who opt into the 90-minute book through that particular channel are coming in because they either have some relationship with us already or with Dean already or through Strategic Coach or uh, Genius Network, any one of the other organizations where there's some awareness. That back cover copy of reinforcing a next step rather than multiple next steps works well because someone has heard us talk about a 90 minute book they request the copy in the 90 minute book they know that the cover is always promising a successful outcome they flip to the back and there's a clear and easy to understand next step that reinforces just how straightforward the program is and then there's really one action that they can take which is get started now Although there's a couple of ways of achieving that, either go to the website or email us or or call us, but still it's one step. That works great where there's a expectation that people are a little bit warmer. There's an awareness already of, of you and the thing that you're talking about. And you're in your mind, you're assuming that the majority of people coming through this particular funnel, this particular campaign the obvious next step that they want to take is actually to get started. They've really made it to this step because they're one step away from pulling the trigger. So that idea of having something that restates the problem at the top talks briefly about what a that there is a solution and then goes into some uh, step one, step two, step three about how easy and straightforward the solution is to achieve. Perfect for that scenario. The second scenario then is probably, I would say this one probably applies to slightly more people. So this is where we're using a book to identify those invisible prospects. They're people that don't necessarily know, like, and trust you yet because you don't have a relationship with them. They're people that are very early in the funnel, and this is potentially the first time that you've seen them. This might be running Facebook ads to cold traffic that don't have a relationship with you already. It might be um, the complementary non-competing business type approach that we've talked about before of, of offering this book to people who know the person that you're working with but don't necessarily know you. In that scenario, it's better to put steps in there that will identify how people can move forward in the progress uh, in the process rather so mm-hmm. this idea that we talked about of getting to the back cover of the book and knowing what the minimum viable commitment next step is that small next step to move forward then this type of example i'm just about to describe is is much better for that this then is looking at presenting them with three ways that they can do something more. So depending on whether they're very early in the process, they're a little bit further in the process and they've got more of a relationship or whether they're ready to pull the trigger and get started. In that scenario, we'll typically do things like, again, restate the problem at the, at the top because we always want to kind of frame it, assuming that someone hasn't read the book. So just there's a 200 or so more words, 150 more words to restate what the problem is. 
again, reinforce the fact that there is a, an answer and then move on to say the best next step is option one, go to the website, check out our videos on this subject where we dive deeper and share some more information with you. Step two, head over to this particular page on the website or this particular domain and complete either the assessment or the checklist or the scorecard to evidence to yourself that you're in the right place and that there is a, a path forward. And step three, if you're ready to get started, then the best thing you can do is join this program Again, the kind of mafia offer type thing of making a program that's easy to get started with a a, um, a low commitment, make it as straightforward as possible for someone to take that first step with you. But that step three is for those people who are actually ready to move forward now. Mm-hmm. One so, reason. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, no, no, go for it, and then I'll circle back. So, so I was just I was I was just thinking about something you said as far as like. Um, assessment so like i'm looking at something in front of me that's a step one download a free uh, a free chapter worksheet on our website and there's the website okay that's great that's something for people to do it engages them a little further you know they take it and they kind of see whatever xyz results that they're looking for so just going to the website is just i mean it's sort of like a yes someone's visiting a website but how important is it to have that you know assessment or checklist or something else you know um yeah for them to do once they get there so the way those three steps the way that we think about those three steps are the three levels of commitment and based on that kind of um, relationship capital that you've acquired with this person over time they're more likely to do one two or three so for the cold traffic so this scenario that we're talking about it's it works very well for where you're sending this to cold traffic you've got no relationship with them so far another example of that actually is when you think about amazon amazon you don't know who these people are you've got no way of capturing their details so this is a a very good example for anyone that's thinking about listing their book on amazon particularly so mm-hmm. step one that just goes to the website there's no additional opt-in you're not trying to capture any more details but this is to reinforce the the know like and trust element of hey if you resonate with what you've read already if you want to learn more about what we're doing before i actually ask you for anything like your name and email address or any money then you can go and check out these resources that we've put together for free so there's no opt-in this is all about just building more content um presenting them with more content so it's building more on the relationship now again some people might get overwhelmed with that and thinking wow i don't have a whole load of stuff to point people to the reality is you've probably got something you might not have much but you've probably got something out there and if you don't have anything at all then it's probably a sign that hey it's a good idea to do something in this respect so it might be it might be like a youtube channel you might have shot some videos and put them up on Mm -hmm. on youtube where you're talking about the subject it might be blog posts that you've got on the site they don't have to be the most up-to-date. I mean, if you've got things on there with dates that are listed against the blog post, most um, most website themes, you can hide the date if you don't have kind of recent content on there. But you could point people back to that. It could be something that you specifically write for the book. So in a scenario where you don't have anything, then take the 
audio of your book or once the book's complete just record a new audio just talk into your computer or even into your phone and just elaborate on one particular point like we've talked before about the email follow-up sequence to be able to um on each of those sequences to kind of amplify one of the messages just take the extra 20 minutes to record something specific like a fireside chat where you're talking about one element of the book saying everyone thanks for joining me today i just wanted to record this audio because in chapter two we talk about how blue the sky is these days and really this is a very passionate point that i've got and i just wanted to record this audio to kind of elaborate on that a little bit further and go a bit deeper into why the sky is blue and then just record 10 minutes of you talking about it if someone is interested in the subject and they want to get something they want to go deeper then that's going to be very compelling it's going to build a relationship with people because they're hearing your voice and it's super easy for you to do because you've effectively done it already you know what you're talking about recording something and then just hosting it on the site is very easy to do so having that first step as a zero commitment just providing more content it's kind of building the building blocks the foundations of the relationship because you want to leverage that relationship a little bit later by asking them to do something and whether that's just giving them a name and giving you a name and an email address or giving you money then you you're laying the groundwork the foundations for this capital step two then So with with that, I'm thinking of so much more that you can do with that. Like, um, hey, like if you're if you're selling your book or you have a great list, your book's not out there, you know, doing something like that, a ten minute um, little blurb, you know, of hey, we talk about this in the book. That's a great. I mean, not just to have on your website, but if you want to send it out to your email list, you know, um, it's a it's a simple like you said, it's a simple thing. It's not going to it's going to cost you a little bit of time. It's very that's um. Yeah, I like that. I, I like people pop in my head like, oh, they should do that. They should do that. People I've been speaking to recently, like that's right. a great little thing for them to do. So yeah, and it doesn't come like when you're talking about building that relationship. You know, first of all, they're building a the trust because hey, I've never heard of Joe Schmo, you know, from Kansas, and yeah. um, even though I'm interested in this subject, what and, have you got against you know, Kansas? What ha- well, I almost said Michigan, but I thought I think I used Michigan already, and I didn't want anybody from Michigan to get offended by that. Um, so you know, so I don't know you. I'm going to your website without being, you know, here. Here's something for you to buy my product, buy my service, buy my program. Come in and have a, a meeting with me. You know, blah blah blah. There's, you know, giving having some valuable content to give people. I think you're so right. Like people, um, they're feeling, oh, you know, I'm getting, some, I'm getting something that's of value. You know, they're yeah. getting something from, from that without having to invest financially. Um, and, and there is something about the voice, you know, about just hearing those people and hearing a person and sort of you, you do connect with them on a level and it builds that trust so i always worry when people start oh i want to send them my website well what are we going to do when we get there you know like you don't want and to honestly exactly and honestly without kind of yeah and without throwing everyone in the same bucket whenever anyone says oh, i just want to send them to the website that's a red flag in the sense that you can tell by the, I mean, you can almost even tell by the intonation in the voice. It's like, well, I don't want to think about this at all. I'll just chuck them somewhere where that's already yeah. there. And for the majority of people, what's already there isn't fit for purpose. It's just something right. that has been yeah. done in the past, potentially been done with the same 
dismissive answer is i just want to send them to the website <laughs> it might they might have paid mm -hmm. the same attention to creating that thing back whenever so the additional overhead and again i mean it's a little bit judgy saying that because that's not always the truth and it's right. easy for me to say it because we've got the benefit of it being easy for us to stick websites up we've got it's a core competency that we've got internally so i understand that it's more difficult for other people but there are so many platforms now even if god forbid you just pointed people to your facebook page and your facebook page had because it's easy to post stuff to facebook um there's a million and one of the reasons why that's a terribly bad idea but uh without going into that if you <laughs> that's a whole other conversation yeah yeah exactly <laughs> but it's it's the most easiest it's the easiest thing to do so not having a place to put content that is fit for purpose isn't an excuse anymore um and pointing people to old bad content it's like the conversation we've done a whole show if not more than one show in the past about people wanting to repurpose their um talks that they've done from stage or webinar that they've done mm -hmm. the problem with it is this fit for purpose conversation if you've just want to use it because it's there and you can't be bothered doing anything else, well, understand that there's a cost to that and that cost is relevancy and fit for purpose. If what's there is absolutely fit for purpose, then hey, do it. But the reality is for most people, it's not. So recording something additional that fits in with the funnel, fits in with the expectation, once you've got that asset, that thing, as you identified, you can use it in multiple different ways. So we've talked about using audio in the follow-up sequence to amplify a point. We'll just use the exact same audio on the back of a copy. I mean, it's not, if that's, if those are the best words you've got about that subject, then the fact that you're using it in two different places is perfectly fine because it's the best words. Um, you made the point about it being very engaging. I, when I'm in, uh, in the office down here in Florida, there's a CrossFit gym that I go to every day that I'm down here. And I, I'm almost evangelical about CrossFit. I absolutely love it. My capability doesn't quite keep up with my enthusiasm, but still I'm enthusiastic. The, the, <laughs> the consumption of additional material then, I've watched lots of um, CrossFit athletes, their YouTube channels. I listen to several mm -hmm. podcasts from uh, both athletes and people just who are also passionate about the subject talking about it and that engagement really kind of amplifies my interest in the subject so i'm not just listening to it because it's it's kind of educational i'm also listening to it because it's entertaining and it's breadth in the subject and it's depth on individuals and it's interesting little anecdotes and nuances that don't just come across in um, not really there's a written word equivalent but um, but it, it's more background and you feel more of a connection with people because mm -hmm. exactly that I was talking to someone and I, I get back on subject in a second but I was yeah. talking to someone this week and they quoted back to me something that we'd said in a show a couple of months ago and I actually missed the reference so they repeated it to uh, um, to, to make the point that that's where it was coming from and it was such a weird thing as a podcast listener, then I'm very familiar with the concept of feeling way more connected with people that I've never met, but who I've listened mm -hmm. to for 10 years, feeling very close to almost them and their family because of all of the stories that come out in the background. Right. I mean, I've talked about um, 
the immigration challenges that we've had over the last couple of years and the fact we got mm -hmm. married last year and Lucy's up in Philadelphia mm -hmm. and I'm down here every couple of weeks and then back and forth. So anyone that's listened to the show pretty regularly has got a, some background knowledge and then to hear that right. played back uh, or hear some of that played back, it's um, it's a little peculiar, but I'm very used to it it being on the listener end just not on the, right, on right. the kind of broadcast end. that is so true I'm, I'm always taken back a little when someone um says oh i heard you and stuart say and um right you know, i almost forget like okay this isn't just us talking you know <laughs> we actually <laughs> right, said exactly. this out to, to a whole lot of people you know so um yeah yeah so it's, but the same thing when i listen to the podcast i think i know those people and i you almost think oh that's my friend that's my friend rachel hollis that i listen to her <laughs> you know all the time you know whatever yeah. and so yeah and then so you you do you just pick up that that engagement and you do you know become like oh i kind of trust those people they yeah you know and because there's an authenticity about it i mean it's difficult mm -hmm. to be able consistently for what we're up to now like 90 episodes or whatever it's difficult to just keep that if it, this was all fake and false it would be difficult to keep it going for that long so anyway back yeah. to the point of the back cover that's mm -hmm. step one the job of work of the step one is to build rapport and to allow people to see more content it isn't necessarily an action step it's the underlying it's the foundations that uh, you are putting in because you know it will reap benefits later in the context of people are seeing these steps and you're not necessarily you don't necessarily have a relationship already then it does a great job of work of some of that foundation work step two then is the i'll tell you what let's jump to step three and then we'll come back to step two okay. it'll make sense in All a minute. Right. so step three is for those people who are absolutely ready to go now so these are people who do know like and trust you already they have taken they have consumed enough to feel comfortable that they want to get started or the commitment is low enough that they're just ready to pull the trigger so as much as possible we always want to present an option for those people as well so that whenever they're ready and hopefully they're ready immediately, they can take that step. So this kind of mafia offer that we talk about in the eight profit activators, this way of making it easy for people to get started, having that step presented on the back cover. So this is a perfect match for those people who have requested it because they know this is that this is something that they want. They've kind of either read it all or even just thumbed straight to the back and said, okay, well, listen, I've, I've raised my hand. I'm interested in this. Just let's cut to the chase and and pull the trigger i want to start this fitness program giving them an easy way of getting started that is step three again not really rocket science um usually on the after we've got step one step two and step three we've also got some words at the bottom that says um alternatively if you want to reach out to me i'm always happy to talk about this so send me an email to joe at joesmith.com or call me on on this phone number and and we can talk about it so that's the kind of catch-all then at the bottom so then all of that's pretty straightforward step two is an interesting one because this is one i think is quite alien to people it's quite um it's not something that people necessarily think about and that's having a way of people opting into something that is obviously the next step on the path so I'm going to use the scorecards as an example, just because we've talked about scorecards before and it's easy to to conceptualize and think about. But if you don't have a scorecard, don't worry about it. Substitute Every time I say scorecards, substitute it for assessment or checklist or, um, or report. It's the thing that is the next level up. It's like the 202 level of engagement 
if the book is the 101 level. And bear in mind that I'm from the UK, so we don't have that structure over there. So that might actually be completely incorrect. But I think 101 is the entry level and 202 is the next level up. <laughs> so if that's correct, it's the 202 level. So let's say for, um, let's stick with the scorecard example. So step one, head over to the website or wherever and consume this additional content where we do a deeper dive on stuff. Step three is here's how you can pull the trigger. Step two is head over to bookblueprintscore.com and measure your book idea against the eight book blueprint mindsets because that's a great way of scoring yourself on the system and identifying which levers you can kind of pull a little bit harder to squeeze more juice from the book. The reason that we do that is twofold really or threefold i guess the first one is for those people who are on the list already because they've opted in they've consumed a bit of the content but they still want to evidence themselves that they're moving in this direction so those are the people that absolutely go a b c d through the process and not just a to d so that's the first purpose it just allows people to kind of follow the logical progression of a small minimum viable commitment to move them to the next step they're going to evidence for themselves where they've got, uh, where they're doing well already or where they've got room to, to improve. And then the call to action after they've taken the assessment down that bit of the funnel really is now, okay, now it's time to get started. So the first group of people it, it addresses is those who just want to go A, B, C, D and, and mm -hmm. complete each step in the process. The second group is for those who aren't necessarily they're still in the judging phase. So they may be still not ready. They're six months away from moving, but they just want to take this assessment and they might take the assessment like five times before they actually raise their hand and, and, and pull the trigger on doing something. But still, they want that feeling of moving forward and progressing through. So it's actually, even though these people are on your list already, it's giving you an indicator that they're a little bit hotter. So in your CRM system, hopefully you can flag the fact that this person is opted into the book in the first place and then completed the scorecard potentially many times in the second stage. So knowing that information, you can potentially follow up with that person in a slightly different way because you've got some knowledge that they have taken that next step. They're not just the person who opted in and never did anything else. They're the person who opted in and took the next step, but for whatever reason hasn't yet completed the got through to the stage of completing. So just gives you some extra information and it not just allows you to identify invisible prospects, but identify the hotter ones of the prospects that were invisible. And the third group, and this one's really resonates with or reinforces the Amazon point. The third group is the group that allows you to collect the details of people that you haven't yet been able to collect the details for. So Think about Amazon. Someone requests, uh, uh, orders a copy of the book. It arrives, but you don't know who that person is. Having that second stage as a logical progression, but a progression that is behind an opt-in, means that you can now identify that person in a way that, and if you didn't have that, imagine that the only steps that you had on the back of the book were, hey, call me or come into the office. Well, unless that person's ready and with the understanding that you haven't yet built any emotional or um, the reputational, um, um, not capacity, capital, sorry, <laughs> you, you don't have a relationship with them yet, then they're not, they're less likely to do that. So having the second step as something that logically makes sense in the progression, but also has an opt-in allows you to capture those details of that whole group of people that you haven't yet captured their details from. 
So Amazon is an easy one to think about because it it's mm-hmm. pretty straightforward. The two ones that are a little bit more subtle are those groups of people who have picked up a copy of the physically picked up a copy of the book from someone else or have been emailed it from someone else. So again, they're not necessarily on your list. And all of the groups of people, um, sorry, and that might also refer to the kind of complementary non-competing businesses. So we talked about working with a local organization that are, are similarly aligned to you but aren't competitors and giving them copies of the books to give away. Again, you don't know who those people are. So having this second step that is that logically makes sense but allows you to capture the details, it facilitates this whole complementary non-competing side and then the third one i was going to say is from the orchestrating referrals point of view so again we talked about this a couple of weeks ago sending something out to people who are your existing customers and saying hey we've just written this new book would love to get you a copy to give to someone if you know anyone who this would help rather than saying to your existing customers hey we've just written this book if you give me the names and email addresses of your closest friends then i'll send them something which no one wants to do because no one wants to sacrifice their email addresses Mm -hmm. so the fact that we're giving them the book not collecting any details at the first stage but we have this second call to action which is an opt-in then that makes us much more comfortable with having that orchestrated referral strategy because we're happy to give away the copy of the book because we know that in the in the long term in the bigger picture the people who receive that book and want to take a next step who it resonates with have a way of doing that because they can opt in to this second stage thing this minimum viable commitment little step of an assessment or checklist or scorecard that will help them evidence to themselves that they're in the right place but doesn't feel like you're beating the email address out of their friend or their friend sacrificed their email address or they're opting in to get something that they've actually already got. It's a logical progression in the funnel towards making that decision. And that was a oh. lot of words because my voice is very dry. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah, but I think this is, um, I think for anybody who is, has been, has been thinking about their book and they're sort of um, stuck on that, you know, maybe when we ask them that question, like, okay, let's talk about your call to action, they won't freeze up, you know, I mean, this is, right. it, it sort of really breaks it down. Um, and I think it makes you, you know, hopefully people will walk away after listening, thinking, okay, now I need to think of these steps, what are my steps? And then I'm ready to write my book, you know, um, that's, that's and the hope that happens from that. But And it's super achievable as well. I mean, this yeah. orchestrated approach of how to look at the back cover copy, if if nothing else, I would break it into those two categories. If you're expecting that you're going to use this with people who know, like, and trust you already, then have on the back cover the statement, the problem statement again, but don't worry, we're here to help you. Here's how easy it is. Step one, we have a 30 minute call with you to outline it. Step two, we record to get your very best thoughts out. Step three, we take it from there and do all of the production. If there, if that's the criteria if most people are at that stage then just simply describe the process remind them how very of how easy it is and then give them the next step of how to get started if you're in a situation where you're using the book in a funnel with people who don't know like and trust you already so that uh, that cold prospect type thing then have these three easy steps the first one 
point them to some content where they can just learn more. And if you don't have any of that already, just record something on your phone in the next 20 minutes, amplifying one of the points in the book and stick that up somewhere, even if it's on Facebook. So just point people to more information. Step two, have an assessment or a checklist or something where people can score themselves and evidence themselves, evidence to themselves that they're in the right place. If you don't have anything like that already, then think about as you onboard new clients, people coming through the door every day of the week, what are the five or six questions that you ask them to ascertain whether they're in the right place? So the fitness example, it's, do you exercise already? Do you have a, a, a cravings for food? Do you have a stressful environment at work? Do you have time to to dedicate to this? Whether they answer yes or no, then it's almost irrelevant because all you're really doing is trying to engage people in a conversation. So by highlighting those quick things, whatever the questions are that you usually use to onboard people, and then responding to them with a way of saying, okay, well, what we typically find is if people score yes, yes, yes to this, then they've got a, a higher likelihood of, of, of having a successful outcome. If they score no, 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 it means something else. So whether or not you've got something already, again, it's very easy to create. And then the last one, step three, is here's the easy way of getting started. The, if you're ready to get going now, then the best step is to do whatever the best step is to do. So I think no need to overthink it. Those two, mm-hmm. those two scenarios and the two examples for, and, and the examples for each of them, very quick and easy way. And it's something that you can always tweak and amend afterwards. Once you've got real world, real words, <laughs> say it for me, real world <laughs> real feedback. Words. Right. right. There is. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, that is, um, yeah. I think that's a good that's, place to stop. I think it's a great place to stop. I think that's a lot of valuable information as usual. And um, I look forward to hearing some feedback, you know. Um, yeah, definitely. Shoot sure. as a, um, yeah, shoot as a reply to this message that comes out or uh, hit up the comments on the blog post, on the podcast post, or, uh, or even in the Facebook group. And uh, yeah, it'd be interesting yeah. to see what people think. Yeah, absolutely. All right. All right. Thanks, Betsy. We will talk soon. Sounds good. Take care. And there we have it. Another great episode. It's really great to get opportunity to dive deep on some of the subjects like this. Uh, the back cover copy in the context of how you're using it is one of those super important things that once you kind of think about the context, it becomes a lot more straightforward. It can be very overwhelming to begin with and it's easy to default to some of the obvious examples but just that little bit of orchestration thinking about how you're going to be using the book in the majority of cases really allows you to write something that's more fit for purpose and is going to get you the outcomes that you're looking for so in the episode there we talked about the book blueprint score uh, book blueprint scorecard and how you can measure your book ideas against the eight mindsets that we have so if you haven't yet definitely the best idea to dive into bookblueprintscore.com and then you can score yourself against some of these ideas including things like your table of contents and a back cover copy some great ideas for you as you complete that 
As always, if you're ready to get started, then the quickest way of doing it is to work with us. We can get your book out there and kind of guide you through each step of the process, really allowing you just to focus on the content. So that's head over to 90minutebooks.com, follow the Get Started links, and we'll be there ready to help you through. And if you want to be a show on the a show on the guest, a guest on the show, then head over to 90minutebooks.com forward slash guest. Um, shoot me a note with your details and then would love to jump on a show and either talk through your book idea or talk about the book that you've recently written and how you're using it. So with that, we will catch you in the next one.